0: all right well hopefully everybody was able to hear last week's sermon if not I really recommend you listen to it because this is kind of dovetailing off that okay all right I'm going to pray and I'd really appreciate everybody if you would as little moving around as possible just to help me out and as little distractions as possible and if we could shut that door brother Zach please and um, I'm going to pray and please agree with me tonight as I pray over the word of the Lord. So, Father, we come into agreement together, all of us, and we love Your Word. We thank You for Your Your presence tonight. We thank You for the move of the Holy Spirit, which is just beginning. I believe that there's really much to come. But, but Lord, we love the Word, and Lord, we pray over Your Word tonight that every person that's going to be hearing this, that are that are here tonight, those that are going to hear this, even maybe a recording in the future. But we ask that Your precious Holy Spirit to be present. And just to begin to brood over every life and begin to draw people um, into a place to where we have, we're have we good fertile soil for the work of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to be hardened, but we're good soil. And Lord, that by your Holy Spirit help us to give you our best ear, our full attention, our focus, to really lock our minds in, to lock in our, our um, hearts in tune with the Lord tonight. Anoint our eyes and ears, give us eyes and ears of the Spirit. And I ask you that you speak through me your word, as the parable of the seed and the sower, that your word go out as living seeds of truth, sown into good fertile soil of hearts and minds and lives. And Lord, it'll be watered by the precious Holy Spirit, and take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. Lord, let the winds of your precious Spirit carry this everywhere it's supposed to go. It goes out on the internet around the world. And Lord, let your mighty angels watch over your word, for the Bible promises us it will not return void. But it will go forth and accomplish that which you sent it forth to do. And Jesus also taught us that the birds of the air, speaking of the demonic, try to steal the seed. So Lord, we agree together that anything that would try to hinder this word to be bound right now in the name of Jesus. And back off and go from this place and go from this word. We bind you. And Lord, I thank you that you come upon me, speak through me, let everything be accomplished through this word that you will be done. We love you, and we thank you for your word tonight. We bless you. Do you move in power in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so last week, um, all right, let me just back up real quick. I'm doing a series called Mikdash because in Hebrew, Mikdash means sanctuary. And I put on there a sanctuary of God's manifest presence. And this is not a... Tight religious legalistic type of thing But I've seen also Where down through the years um, The sanctuary became more like an, What's called an auditorium And you'll go to a lot of places And they, they don't refer to it as a sanctuary anymore They refer to it as an auditorium But a sanctuary is a place where you worship the Lord And an auditorium's a place you go to be entertained And there's a big difference and we talked about reverencing God's sanctuary it's a place a holy place and when I was growing up and I know many can attest to this that grew up around the things of God but you viewed the the sanctuary as a, a place of God's presence it's hallowed it's something to be reverenced it's not something that that you take lightly coming into the sanctuary and so as I've been dealing with this series I'm now on part 15 but last week I talked about authority and I talked about rebellion and this week I'm going to continue that and so let me start with 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3 it says I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of the woman and God is the head of Christ every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head But every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head. For she is one and the same as the woman who has her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head. For a man ought to not have his head covered, for he is the image and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. For man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for woman's sake, but woman for the man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol or a sign of authority on her head because of the angels. This is talking about fallen angels. Now, in our culture, this would be hard to understand. But last week, I I read different scriptures. I talked about the centurion who understood being under authority, and then him, him himself operating in authority. And we talked about Jesus. If you didn't hear this word, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it. But Jesus was is under his father's authority. And therefore, he operates in authority. God will never be able to trust somebody with spiritual authority that's not under authority. And also, somebody that's not under authority will be open prey for the fallen angels to really oppress and attack they don't have a covering and so God put authority in the kingdom to protect people that's why it's there as I dealt with a lot of that last week but anyway Paul talks about here something that in this culture that he lived that a married woman would wear something to cover her hair and her hair in the Middle East especially at that time To be exposed was was similar to being immodest. And so a married woman would cover her hair, cover her head. And it was being modest and virtuous and submissive to her husband. And they understood authority. But this is how the authority flows down. The authority begins with God the Father. It goes down to God the Son. And then it goes down into the church. And you have the fivefold ministry that God has placed over church, or you know, over various churches, kingdom authority, and in the home you have a husband that's over the family. And this is kingdom authority. But as I discussed last week, how many of you guys know that this is not a popular message in America? You could preach at other places, in other countries, and it wouldn't be resisted, but in America, the strong man in America's rebellion. And so you're coming up against principalities and powers when you preach This that there's a stronghold in this nation of rebellion against God and God ordained authority and you see it all through society you see the kids in classrooms and and with principals that are rebellious I hate to bring this up but it's in the book of Romans chapter 1 it says worthy of death but it's sad because in the biblical time this is how much God hates rebellion that if there was a rebellious child they they were stoned to death they were put to death in the book of Romans it said that um, and it mentions these things and it said at the end of chapter 1 it says they're worthy of death that's New Testament it, it's scary but you think about all the rebellion that we see today and how much God hates rebellion and you see it in the classrooms you see it in society people want to rebel against the police you know and and then something bad happens and they wonder why it happens well I, I you know i said this i wasn't trying to be facetious even though maybe i do that sometimes but you know if i'm a law-abiding citizen so i doubt this will ever happen but if a cop ever pointed a gun at me and said lay down i'm laying down i mean it's not complicated but then they they want to rebel and then something bad happens you see what i'm saying and then the home structure You see husbands sometimes that don't want to lead the family in the ways of God. That's rebelling. You see wives that are not going to submit to that man. That's rebellion. And you see kids that don't want to honor and obey their parents. That's rebellion. And then even in our government, an elected leader, look at all the rebellion coming up against him. It's a strong man. I remember that there was a man from from another country. I believe it was Britain. He was a Bible teacher. And he said he was teaching and say you know he said other countries including Britain other places other countries may not agree with their leaders but he said I've been shocked at how Americans though talk about their leaders with such disrespect he said it shocked me but that's the culture that we live in but we're called to be separate from this culture we're called to live difference well let me read 1 Peter 3 verse 1 um in the same way you wives be submissive to your own husbands so that if any of them are disobedient to the word that they may be won over without word but by behavior the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior your adornment must not merely be external braiding hair wearing golden jewelry putting on dresses but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, you have become her children if you do what's right, without being frightened by any fear. A lot of times it's fear is why people don't submit. Or it's pride. It's one of those two but you husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is the woman talking about physically weaker and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered and when husbands are not right and they're mistreating their wives their their prayers will be hindered so here they are they want to pray they need god to come through for them but then they go home and they're they're being abusive to their wife, and God's like, I'm not going to hear your prayers until you go repent of that and go apologize and make it right. So, let me read one more. This, you know, again, if if you didn't hear last week, this is kind of like the continuation of that. So there's things that I'm not really going back into down at time. But second Timothy three, one, we're living in the last days. All the signs are there. I'm I love end time prophecy. I've studied it in depth for many years and I preach prophecy here and I love it but I'm going to tell you that we are definitely living in the latter days and the coming of the Lord is very near and so 2 Timothy 3 1 is relevant but it says this but realize this that in the last days difficult times will come the word difficult can be translated in the Greek perilous or fierce like have you ever seen like a dog that's showing its teeth and growling and it's fierce like ravenous The Bible says the latter days would be fierce. They would be difficult. And it goes on to begin to describe men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers. Look at this, disobedient to parents. Paul predicted that there would be great rebellion in the last days. Brutal, haters of good. Well, I'm sorry, I missed a line. Ungrateful, unholy unloving irreconcilable malicious gossips how many times you see people go through churches outside of churches they're going to run down the preacher run down this church run down this person just flapping their mouth well that person is in time prophecy speaks of them but not in a good way also without self-control brutal haters of good and look at this word treacherous a lot of people never really stop and think about what some of these words are, but treachery is—it's connected with betrayal. And if you're, you know, if you were out underneath maybe a command of a military officer, and somebody under his command was to commit treachery, um, from what I understand, treachery is supposed to be a capital punishment in our nation—at least it used to be. But it's serious. It's where you betray your country. And how many people out there are so full of betrayal and they're turning against others? Another thing it says, reckless or conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding a form of godliness, although they've denied its power, avoid such men as these. There's a the last couple things about that. This is just kind of finishing what I started last week. But I want people, last week, we preached more in depth on this, and then the altar time was very powerful about this. We prayed specifically about people being undercover and protected. And see, what people have to understand is these, because of the angels, is a warning. That the Bible says Satan is out there like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. And there's definitely spiritual warfare going on. And God wants people to be protected, but whenever people are not properly under authority, they're not protected. And I've actually seen it happen, and I could give examples if I had more time, but just trust me, you don't want to have a big open door for the fallen angels, the principalities and powers of a region to begin to really come down and slam somebody. But if they're not going to be under authority, they're going to be rebellious. That's exactly what can happen, and I've seen it happen. So God... God himself has had to deal with rebellion. How many knows that God had a split in heaven? You, know, you hear about church splits, and that's obviously a work of the devil through people that are yielded to the devil. But it's just the nature of Satan being revealed again. Because in heaven, Satan rebelled against God and took a third of the angels with him. So God had to deal with this rebellion and a split. What was it that Adam and Eve, ultimately, we know they ate the fruit and we know that they were tempted with pride and the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. We know all that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what was the sin of Adam Adam and Eve? It was rebellion. And Jesus dealt with this, not only rebellion, but betrayal with Judas. I believe that pride and rebellion and betrayal go together. And I'll give a story here in a moment. But pride leads to rebellion and opens the door for a Jezebel spirit so you remember that in the times of david david's son absalom began to stand out in the courtyard and people were coming to see his father david and everybody that came absalom would sit there and listen to their little request and and he would say things to him like you know if i was king i would pay more attention to you and i would do this and i would handle it better and the, and the bible says that he really turned the heart of the nation toward him by doing that that's a betrayal against his father David but let me just encourage people to pray about where God has you get under that covering and stay there be under authority be submitted to authority I remember one time there was a, a couple that they they were wanting to be in the ministry but they they wanted they were under this specific covering but then when they got to the city they were at Without discussing anything they began to come up under a different covering that really didn't work out because it wasn't God. But through this they were trying to play these coverings against each other and they never were really under cover. And at the end of the day the devil attacked them and it was really bad what the enemy did to their ministry. And basically shut them down where there was just no fruit anymore there but if we will do what the bible says and come up under the authority that god has for us see somebody can come to church and still not be under authority they can still be rebellious and have rebellion in their heart and i've seen along these lines i've seen people use and take advantage of others and be unfaithful now here's the story um i heard a preacher tell this i thought it was fitting but he said that this preacher was saying he knew this man and this man went to his church and they were friends but there came a point in time where this man got caught up in an affair and his heart became so hard through that affair and his wife was a good woman and his kids really loved him They, they were actually pretty little and there was really no reason for this but he just got caught up in something but whenever people get into sin they get lifted up with pride and they get rebellious and then they get into something like this they change their heart gets hard their personality changes and this man was now a completely different person than what this pastor knew before and his pastor said that he had to deal with this Um, the wife was asking for his help etc he tried to talk to him nothing was going to work and he said that he remembered that when that man left he he was the pastor was physically there when the man was leaving for the last time And his wife was crying and begging him not to leave and his little children were hugging his legs saying, daddy don't go don't go and he just kind of kicked them off and left that's that's a hardened place but let me tell you something I have seen that in the church world I've seen where people that I once knew get lifted up with pride and get rebellious and they get hard and they get bitter and they become completely different people and they, they are, are bent on the destruction of a preacher or a church. They're trying to split you know, people against each other. And it is demonic. So, I said all that to close out last week. That is, we're about to have this effectual door open. I want River of Life, the, the faithful remnant, those that are here, to understand that all of us need to be under kingdom authority and be careful with that. Because I've seen people get hit with spiritual warfare because they weren't All right. the next point I want to make and this again is closing out last week as well is the baptism in the Holy Spirit let me tell you that even now in a lot of places that have heritage and being spirit filled they have Pentecostal heritage by name but in some of these places now you never hear tongues you never see the gifts in operation you never see the power of God you don't even have altar calls anymore where they're praying for people. What has happened? People are forsaking their roots. And you know, I look at this and I want River of Life as, as we're about to have this, again, this effectual door. I want you, and I know that you know this, but this is just a reminder tonight that we, we are very spirit-filled Pentecostal people. And we love the power of God. And unashamedly. And we've seen many people's lives change because of the power of the Holy Spirit and I want us to remember that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today and you know what people have to understand doctrinally is that when you accept Christ as your Savior and you're born again the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and he's now you know going to be dealing with your conscience and if you're really a true Christian and not everybody that goes to church is but if you really are you're not going to be able to live a life in sin when you leave because the Holy Spirit will, I mean, your conscience will be smitten. I mean, know what I'm talking about. And you can't get away with it. The Holy Spirit won't let you get away with it. This is a born-again experience. You're a new creation. You're different. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, is a different work than salvation. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is where Jesus Christ baptizes you in the Spirit of God. And you're clothed with power now you're going to have a prayer language now the gifts are going to be at work in your life and now the power of god the supernatural is going to be at work in your life and unfortunately there's different groups out there that don't understand this and never move in it but i can tell you that exactly what the bible says is exactly what we've seen how many knows the bible is so accurate and so true people that have been baptized holy spirit Spirit spirit-filled people functioning in the gifts have had accurate words accurate revelation they're laying hands on the sick and they're recovering Jesus said this in Mark 16 these signs will follow them that believe in my name they will drive out demons and I've seen people drive out demons here they will speak in new tongues how many guys have spoken in new tongues they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover and so these are the signs that accompany a supernatural life in Christ but that is inaugurated by the baptism of the Holy Spirit luke 24 49 jesus told him now listen i'm gonna paraphrase he said listen guys i'm leaving but i'm sending you the promise of the father you wait in jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high acts 1 8 when the spirit of god when the the power of god comes upon you when you're clothed with power you'll be my witnesses see that's why many times when we get out there and witnessing. I know that some people don't want to hear it. But when we get out there witnessing. And the spirit of God is moving. And you'll see people like they saw today that were crying. You'll see people get healed. What that is is the activity of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let me show you this in the scripture. There's a couple places you could look at. But Acts 8.4. It says that Philip had went down to Samaria. Preaching the gospel. And he began proclaiming Christ to them. Verse 6. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what Philip said. And they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had an unclean spirit. They were coming out shouting with a loud voice. And some translations say with a shriek. Many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So that there was much rejoicing in the city. And when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, men and women alike. Now, they had accepted Christ. They had been baptized. So this wasn't like a very quick, just a few hours. This is over days, maybe weeks. Philip had been preaching. People were accepting Christ. They're getting baptized. But after this had happened, these people were born again. The Bible says in verse 12 when they believed Philip's preaching good news about the kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ for baptized men and women alike verse 14 now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of the Lord they sent Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, we know that when you accept Christ Holy Spirit's within you this isn't talking about a new birth. This is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For it says verse 16 for they had not for he had not talking about the holy spirit had not fallen upon any of them they had simply been baptized in the name of the lord jesus and they began peter and john began laying hands on them and they received the holy spirit so you know there's many other places you can draw from in acts 19 etc but this is the aspect of the spirit filled life pentecost the power of god and I love the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've seen many, many people baptize the Holy Spirit. And the sad thing is that many people have never, either never been taught or even worse, they've been taught against it. And so even though it's clearly in the Bible, they have a really hard time because they've been taught against it. It's really sad. But, you know, God wants to touch people and he wants to use us. And there's nothing like being used of the Lord. It's so awesome. So anyway, the baptism of the Holy Spirit... And I believe many people here, in fact, I know many of you have already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But if you haven't, um, you know, just tonight when we're praying for people, let us pray for you. I I promise you, God will touch you. Um, We've had so many people, so many people, just pray for them. And and right there, the power of God hits them. You know, they began speaking in tongues. and are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's awesome. All right. Now let's go to the last thing i'm going to talk about tonight it's kind of a shorter sermon because i'm just kind of finishing last week's okay but a deep consecration this is something else that many people in the church have not been taught now i I hate to say this and it's sad but there's a lot of things in the bible that are not taught Some of you guys would say since you started coming to river of life there was just simply topics that you never heard talked about before be honest nobody ever talked about it it's there but for whatever reason they don't want to be controversial they don't want to offend somebody or whatever motive i don't know but they just don't talk about something well this is one of those things that's not talked about and that is uh, being deeply consecrated unto the lord um 2 Timothy 2.20 I don't think this is in your notes it was last week's notes but if you want to look up 2 Timothy 2.20 right. it says now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels but also vessels of wood and earthenware some to honor and some to dishonor therefore if anyone cleanses himself from these things he will be a vessel of honor sanctified, useful to the master prepared for every good work so the the picture here is that how many guys know that you're not gonna take your fine china and you know you've got a barbecue going on you know you're slapping your hot dogs on it or whatever and people are just casually eating watching a ball game that's just not gonna happen you know what do you do you save the fine china for special occasions and in this culture the Hebrew culture there were certain vessels That were beautiful and were set apart for Passover. But there's other vessels that would have been just simply used for everyday eating. And Paul was trying to explain here that there's vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor. And he's comparing that to Christians. He's saying that you can be a vessel of honor if you let the Lord really cleanse you. And so when we've had these times of prayer and fasting as we've done as a a ministry, we try to do this twice a year that people are spending time in in really fasting and seeking God and letting him really cleanse them and then we'll have a service where we all come together and we're really taking time in a special way around the table of the Lord my wife and I will really take time and anoint everybody and pray for them and of course we'll have water immersion for those that need it and it's a special time and people are really cleansing their life But here's the pattern, and this is what is not discussed in a lot of places in a lot of Christianity, I don't know why, but 1 John 5.8 The spirit, the water, and the blood, these three are in agreement. The spirit, the water, the blood. The way God cleanses people is through the blood of Jesus. There's something about the washing of the water of the word and also water baptism, there's something about it that's very powerful. And also the anointing with oil and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Let's go back through it. There's something about the blood. When you take communion, when when you come under the blood, and when you're getting washed in the blood, there's something really powerful about that, really cleansing your life. Then you have the washing of the water, the washing of the water of the word, but also water immersion. There's something about that that's powerful. You know, it's interesting about water baptism that in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10 Paul said that these things were written for our admonition he said that the children of Israel were baptized into Moses through the Red Sea and those are the words Paul used it's interesting that the same water that baptized the nation of Israel into Moses through the Red Sea was the same water that shut behind them and destroyed their enemies that were chasing them And the same water that separated them from their past there's something very powerful about water immersion I don't have time to go rabbit trail I could teach a lot more on that but there's a lot more to water immersion than what a lot of places are talking about in fact sadly sadly a lot of places really ignore the communion table they take it very seldom if they take it maybe once a year, if that, and you know nobody is on their own at home taking communion with their family, and the table of the Lord's neglected. I mean, would agree with that. You've been places. Another thing is water immersion. They get this goes back to Roman Catholicism that it happens when somebody's young, and it's just this once in a lifetime thing, and that goes back to Catholicism. But there's a lot more to water immersion than that. And there's something really powerful. And then third, the anointing with oil. Now, good Pentecostals are pretty familiar with anointing with oil and praying for the sick. Okay, but sadly, a lot of places are neglecting that. And so, the very things that God uses to really cleanse His people and deeply consecrate them are the very things that many times are neglected. You hear what I'm saying? So Hebrews nine nineteen if you're following here in the notes it says for when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law he took the blood of the calves and goats with water scarlet wool hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and the people saying this is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you in the same way he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of ministry with blood according to the law one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness I mean as we need the blood of Jesus to be washed clean and sadly people find themselves in a place and it may not be their fault but you have now vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor in many places the very things that could really consecrate people deeply unto God, the communion table water immersion taking time in the altar to really anoint people and pray for them to be free from things, things that could really cleanse God's people and they could become vessels of honor, they could be deeply consecrated to God, those very things many times have been neglected and it's not necessarily the people's fault but they remain in a place where they're not really deeply consecrated unto the Lord, they're not really vessels of honor. Hebrews 10.22 Let us draw near with a censor heart full of assurance having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. I love that scripture. I love the heart of River of Life. That you know when we've done this. Times of prayer and fasting. You know we'll have a service that's special. at the, Toward the end of it. Where it's just like you know Lord. We just really want to consecrate our lives. As we come together in a special way. And really take communion together. I've always just said if you want to come get water immersed it's up to you. But people come and they're hungry and they're saying Lord I just want to deeply consecrate my life. And my wife will attest to you. We've seen people um, as we have immersed people. We've seen people healed. And we've seen people delivered of things. That's just the truth. And also we'll, we'll go through and anoint people and really pray over them. And again we've seen people healed and delivered as well. But God is coming for a bride without spot or blemish. So let me close by going back to the first scripture. When I was talking about Paul was using this analogy of a man prophesying and praying with his head uncovered and a wife being covered. This had to do with the culture of that time, but it had to do with a wife being under her husband's covering. And you know, some people know my wife's testimony, and she's had her family, you know, coming out of what they did and the occult and all that, and but Every once in a while, we've gone through spiritual warfare, and I think probably every preacher has. I remember a few months back, a little while back, maybe six months or something. Anyway, she had had a dream, and in it, the Lord warned us that there was some kind of a a battle. And sure enough, I mean, there was just something evil that tried to show up, and I mean, you could tell there was like a spiritual warfare started coming. And I remember, as I was asking the Lord about how to pray, and her, her and I were standing in the kitchen, and this is what I had her say. I said, just repeat this after me. Because we had prayed and rebuked it and all that, and it seemed to be stubborn. Usually when we do that, it's gone. But this seemed to be stubborn for some reason. And I had her say this, and she was repeating after me. She said, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, and I am under my husband's authority as a covering. There's a sign of authority, a covering over me, and I'm protected from the evil look at this a woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head because of the angels when she said that as God is my witness and she'll tell you that oppression left and never came back it wanted to attack her but it could because she was undercover God has provided spiritual authority to be a covering of protection for people against the dark forces and here we are in these last days And at any time in history this is a time that we really need to make sure that we're under authority we're under covering and that what we're doing is under authority all right so we're going to pray tonight for people that want prayer oh, many came hungry tonight and so lord we thank you for your word we ask you to seal this time and i know this was kind of a part two from last week but, Lord, I just pray, get this word in people, and we thank you for your word, Lord. We want to be a people that's under authority. We want to be a people that is baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire, Lord, clothed with power, doing the works of Jesus in the earth. And we also want to be vessels of honor that are deeply consecrated unto God. And, Lord, I pray that for every person in River of Life, that there'll be a deep consecration unto you, Lord, that they'll be able to be used of you in a tremendous way. Lord, we thank you and ask you to seal this time in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.